0: All right, ready? Oh, we're recording because I said ready and then oh, press record well, guess, without really giving you. I guess, so you. <laughs> I guess <Hello>. hey. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we're both just kind of like done with everything. I am. My brain um, is
1: fried. I, yeah. Yep. <sighs> yep. <sighs> this week has been trash. So, so I'm not not feeling yeah. very holly jolly.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, not at all. Um, I was trying to figure out something that we could come up with for our starter. And really?
1: <laughs> They've got a lot to start with.
0: I'm just going to let them introduce the podcast.
1: They're doing great.
0: They're doing a good, is that, is that all? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess not. Oh my God. Guys. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. (laughs) The question was, if you had intro music, what song would it be? So, um, just, like, if you were walking in to, like, a sitcom or, you know, something like that, like, what would be the song that would play that would introduce you?
1: Um, Do you know the song Fuck You by Lily Allen? Yeah, that would be mine. Because it's, like, it's, like, cheery and, like, whimsical, but um, it's also just her, like, cussing someone out i like that
0: yeah and it's that's good it's bad.
1: jaunty it's jaunty good intro music it's a good time yeah that's that's oh we didn't say who
0: we are oh fuck yeah we didn't do that um that's becky and
1: that is rachel
0: that's how fucking off we are today
1: yep. i'm already half a glass of wine deep <sighs> Which brings me to our show name, Chardonnay and DNA.
0: Hello. <laughs> Are you drinking that uh, today? I'm
1: drinking Sauvignon Blanc. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. My favorite wine name to I'm say. Sure.
0: I feel like Sophie is going to French that.
1: You know what? Oh, it's okay.
0: She. she we need to eventually have her pronounce shit. Sauv-
1: Sauvignon Blanc. I don't know how you could do better than that. <laughs>
0: be french that's I'm gonna gonna say, maybe maybe the french
1: person could tell me <laughs> um i don't so mine's fuck you by uh, lily allen
0: and yeah yours that's good. Is... that's a good one um it would very honestly alternate day to yeah. day um today it would be um literally just part of this song uh by rico nasty called smack a bitch yeah. <laughs> Um, and like the lyric goes, uh, I don't need your opinion. I do what I fucking want. So, you know, that's appropriate. So I don't, this might be it. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Hold on. What I anyway that would be like my hype song yeah that's <laughs> that's aggressive that makes me would yeah yeah that's the mood i'm in today just just to give you all a little taste um but i think it's great it's a good it, it's like my uh fuck a bitch up song okay so which is my general mood lately so um, but truthfully, I care about your opinion because I'm a soft bitch. <laughs> but really,
1: I'll cry at, at the hint of criticism.
0: I will cry at the hint of criticism. And then I'll want to punch you. So either way.
1: <laughs> um, oh, Colby's coming in hot. Hey, buddy. Good. I'm glad that this is the this animal is? episode.
0: Hi. I'm, I'm not mad at it. I know. Hi. Get out of here. He's like, I would like to be involved um i have a correction uh-huh. so sophie messaged me and says that there is already a movie out about a serial killer clown in an ice cream truck and she did say that it's we all scream for ice cream oh
1: that's the one i just saw
0: so that's um, the one i just looked up there's oh that God. one I also want to point out that there is a character in Twisted Metal called Needles Kane um, which is a demented clown who uses an ice cream truck um, and uh, yeah, wow. he's so a serial this, killer The
1: plot has been done
0: yeah, yeah um, okay. hey Terry
1: yeah. please pause starting at 5.10, I have to take my sweater off, I'm sweating my nuts off I
0: mean, you could have just said that. <laughs> I think that the sounds of struggle are very fitting for oh, the you episode. Can take it in. I don't
1: care, but if you choose to take it out, you can start it again at five thirty. I'm, I'm just sitting in my closet with my sports bra on. Oh my god!
0: It's that warm. Oh, it's so
1: hot. Oh, That's okay. funny.
0: I've been perpetually cold and end up purchasing a heated blanket because
1: I don't know what happened to me. I used to be so cold, and I, I it would be a blessing if I ran warm. And now I'm fucking hot all the time.
0: <laughs> mm. I so I alternate like I go from freezing my ass off constantly to sweating my balls off, and it's like 20 degrees outside because my body like struggles to regulate its temperature for some reason. So I swear to god I blame my fucking time.
1: IUD. I swear all these like, weird hormonal shit happened when I It probably, probably I want to get the fucker out. I don't like it.
0: Just a pee probably fucking cuz we're allowed to have mood swings because of birth control but men aren't. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I guess it but, That's why they stopped the male birth control trial.
1: Oh, because of that side effect? Yeah, yeah that's fucking terrible. I wouldn't want it. Well, I don't want to get pregnant either. Eh, it's just a toss-up.
0: Right, right. So, crotch goblin or just being uncomfortable all the time, mood swings and being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and being hot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. That's why they stopped it because the men had side effects, and one of the side effects was mood swings and like mood changes. Oh, and man. They, I'm like, oh, you poor babies. But we're supposed to still suck it up.
1: Oh my god. Well, I'm just gonna get naked in my closet. Anywho. Well.
0: You know that's what it's there for. You're fine. Yeah. Um. Was there anything else about last week? Anything else we need to update people on? I don't think so. No, it's been a really quiet fucking shit week.
1: (sighs) I I wouldn't describe it as quiet, but
0: (laughs) no, I I meant quiet in like the podcast and like not quiet at work not quiet in anything else um yeah so
1: well talk to um, us people
0: yeah this this is what happens you get these really lame fucking openings whenever I you know, don't god connect with us really
1: boring everyone to sleep i'm sorry i just don't have yeah, it well, in me
0: well. yeah it's all right I, you know there's gonna be times when we just are not on our game and that's part of fucking life can't be on 24-7. Nope.
1: I can't even be on so, 12-7. It's yeah. Kind of like 8-7. No, eight,
0: no,
1: eight,
0: <laughs> that's still generous from what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get an hour a day from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, that's it. That's that's literally all you're going to get. Um. All right. Well, I'm going to... Where is it? Oh, you motherfucker. Where is it? Okay, I really thought my computer deleted my fucking story, oh, and I was about wow. to be like,
1: "Well, that's the episode, folks. I would We're done." Definitely, I would definitely cry.
0: Yeah, I I absolutely would too. And I just, I literally would have ended the episode and be like, "Sorry, everyone, my computer's a fucking dick." So here we are. Um, all right, so I have my story. It's kind of information heavy, but it is not heavy in like the sense of like emotionally heavy. Um, so I think you'll be fine. I think everyone will be fine. I <laughs> I, I don't think we need a heavy be. story. <laughs> yeah, well, emotionally I think you'll be okay. 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 <laughs> um, so this is sort of a complimentary piece to your uh case about the potential spy. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. That was that was a good one.
0: Yeah. So I had mentioned this case whenever we were talking about your case um, and kept saying I was going to do it. So now I'm going to do it. Um, Just once again, it's information heavy. I'd also like to point out that at the very beginning, um, there is the name of a home for disabled children that I do not uh, um, uh, don't agree with the name, but I'm going to give you the name of those. Yeah, very, very politically not okay. And also this was in the forties. So that makes sense. Um, so, all right. So this is the story of the Somerton man on December 1st, 1948 at 6:30 AM, the police received a call about a body on Somerton park beach in Adelaide, South Australia. The body was male and he was found lying in the sand on his back with his head resting against the seawall and his legs extended with his feet crossed. He was laying across from the crippled children's home. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Just crazy. Yeah, gross. A lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, witnesses eventually came forward and said that on the previous evening, they had seen an individual resembling the dead man laying on his back in the same spot and position near the children's home where he was found. A couple saw him around 7 p.m. and stated that they saw him extend his right arm to the fullest extent and then drop it limply. Another couple saw him from 7:30 to 8 p.m. and said that they didn't see him move during that time, but they did believe that his position had changed. They thought it was odd that he wasn't reacting to the mosquitoes or bugs on the beach but thought he might be drunk or asleep and didn't look into it further. One of the- Sorry, I'm just like, he did. Yep, he did. One of the witnesses told the police she observed a man looking down at the sleeping man from the top of the steps that led to the beach. Witnesses said the body was in the same position when the police viewed it. Another witness came forward in 1959 and reported to the police that he and three others had seen a well-dressed man carrying another man on his shoulders along Somerton Park Beach the night before the body was found. A police report was made by a detective about that. So here's, here's my first problem. Who watches someone obviously struggle and not call it in right away?
1: Yeah, I I know, but I kind of feel like it could be one of those things where it's easy to say that, but there are a lot of other factors at play. I don't, I don't know.
0: I just feel like you literally saw this dude reach up towards the sky for something and then just essentially his arm collapsed. Like, I- I don't know. Anytime I've seen someone in distress, I at least ask them if they're okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I don't, honestly, I don't think that's the norm. Like, I I would too, but I think a lot of people just kind of, like, look the other way.
0: Which is kind of fucked up.
1: pretty fucked up, yeah. But I do
0: again, it might be our line of work that makes us think that way.
1: Because like I could see (laughs) I could see like me being like, oh, my God, is that guy? okay?" And Joe being like, he's fine. Like or or just like he wouldn't do that out of like any kind of apathy, but he might just be like he like don't bother him.
0: (laughs) Right. No, no, I get that. I just it's it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, reading that that many people saw him and didn't, like...
1: Well, and then how terrible, once you do find out what the situation really was. Right. You you probably feel so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So that was my my first first issue. (laughs) Um, An unlit cigarette was found on the right collar of his coat. They searched his pockets, and they found an unused second-class rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach a bus ticket from the city that may not have been used, a U.S.-manufactured narrow aluminum comb, a half-empty packet of Juicy Fruit chewing gum, an Army Club cigarette packet, which contained seven cigarettes of a different brand. Uh, They were called Kensitas. Wait, I'm
1: sorry, what year am I in? 48. Why, Why would, if the bus ticket was used, why would he still have it?
0: It said it might not have been used. Also, right. I think like, that they
1: it to me, it wasn't used because it's not like these days when you scan a barcode and then you keep your ticket like it probably wasn't used. I I think that they they all did different things, but I think they might have punched oh. them too. Okay. I just was like, where where there, is there really room to question? I don't know.
0: It just seemed weird. Yeah, I, I was an odd detail, but you know, I'm not really sure. Um, he had a quarter full box of Bryant and May matches as well. Okay, he was well uh, prepared. Like, <laughs> yeah. According to the pathologist John Burton Cleland, the man was of Britisher appearance. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed oh to mean. What? Like, B R Britisher? Like B R I T I S H E R Britisher? Oh, it just means British. But how is someone British in appearance? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> like
0: <laughs> they have like isn't there a
1: stereotype that like Brits have like bad teeth? <laughs> like
0: is it have, like bad teeth? I mean teeth? <laughs> we gotta ask our British uh because I I don't wanna assume. Okay, it Britisher means um a native or inhabitant of Britain. Yeah, so I yeah, like, I just weird. Okay. Whatever. Makes no sense, but fuck.
1: <laughs> Do you hear the cricket? Is that the fucking cricket?
0: <laughs> I have to get rid of it, or Terry's Tell gonna kill me. Shut the fuck, up. fuck. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Nothing can go right. Nothing can go right. Everything's gonna continue <laughs> to go wrong. That's the kind of day it is okay
1: all right go the fuck out there cricket <laughs> that was loud holy shit <laughs>
0: <sighs> i'm glad i noticed it so that i didn't have to ruin know, t- it was
1: just y'all this is a- some weird feedback i didn't know that was the cricket no it's the
0: cricket this is the hot mess express oh episode that's what it this really is <laughs> this sorry fucking train
1: is crashing it's already fucking crap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's a Britisher. He's a Britisher. <laughs> um, they thought he was aged about 40 to 45. He was in top physical condition, stood at 5 foot 11 inches, had gray eyes, fair to ginger colored hair, and was slightly gray around the temples. He had broad shoulders and a narrow waist, hands and nails that no, showed no signs of manual labor. Um, his big and little toes. Um, I know this is ridiculous, but this is how they do like – they, when they do autopsies, they take these notes because it helps them to identify. And – Things like these details can actually give way to information about what their careers might have been, what kinds of fields they need to look into. So about his toes, they met in a wedge shape like a dancer or someone who wore boots with pointed toes. So like those little details seem ridiculous to us, but they're actually really important to the coroner because it helps them like figure out like, you know, professions or Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, he had pronounced high calf muscles consistent with people who regularly wore boots or shoes with high heels or performed ballet. Um, he was dressed in a white shirt, a red and white and blue tie, brown trousers, uh, his socks and shoes, a brown knitted pullover and a fashionable gray and brown double-breasted jacket of reportedly American tailoring, um all of the labels on his clothes had been mm-hmm. removed.
1: That's like yep, that's he had, like my story.
0: Yeah. Yep, and he had no hat, which was super unusual for 1948. Um and he had no wallet. He was clean-shaven and had no identification. Um so initially police thought that he might have um you know died by suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dental records were not able to be matched to any known person either. Uh, after they did the autopsy, the pathologist estimated the time of death at around 2 a.m. on the 1st of December. So he was still alive when those people saw him. Okay. Um... His heart was a normal, in like a normal size. It wasn't enlarged or anything. There was no blockages, no congestion. Uh, there was congestion of the pharynx and the gullet was, rec- was covered with whitening of superficial layers of mucus. Um, and it had an ulceration in the middle of it. Uh, the stomach was deeply congested. Um, and there was congestion in the second half of the, I can't say this fucking word, uh, duodenum. Ew. I think I said okay. it right. Uh, There was blood mixed with the food in his stomach. Uh, Both of his kidneys were congested and the liver contained a great excess of blood in its vessels. His spleen was extremely large, like three times the normal size. Um, And there was destruction in the center of the liver lobules that they looked that under a microscope. Um, So it was like uh, acute gastritis hemorrhage. Um, and then he had extensive congestion in his liver and spleen and congestion to the brain. Okay. So I'm sure congestion is, like, a catch-all term for, like, like it's fucked up.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: I don't know what they mean by it, but I just, like, you know. it
1: almost, because, like, congestion, is that, like, there's a, it, there's, like, a bleed?
0: I, th- maybe? Uh, I don't, a congestion in... Coroner's reports. It might even be like hemorrhaging. So, like you said,
1: yeah, um, that's what I was wondering. Because like congestion yeah, is I like
0: don't, I can't filled. I it's
1: like filled with something,
0: right? So I'm su- assuming mm-hmm. it's like hemorrhaging yeah. of some kind. Um, the autopsy showed the last thing he had eaten was um a a pasty, like. One of those, like, little uh, pie like things? a
1: little... Yeah, it's like a... Like, the, my
0: only reference to them is Harry yeah, Potter, and that's not like correct, a, it's so... It's
1: like a, a pastry, but with something that's, like, um, in, not sweet. It's something, like, savory inside.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's what they're talking about. And then it was eaten three to four hours before he died. Um, there was no foreign substance in his body.
1: Hmm. Like, no poison, uh,
0: no nope the pathologist was named dr dwyer and he said i am quite convinced the death could not have been natural the poison i suggested was a barbituate or a soluble hypnotic although poisoning remained a prime suspicion the pasty was not believed to be the source of the poison other than that uh the coroner was unable to reach a conclusion as to who he was how he died um and whether the people The man that the people had seen at Summerton Beach the previous night was the same guy. Nobody had seen his face at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, The body was embalmed on the 10th of December. Um, So I just, about the poisoning thing, and I go into this a little bit later too. I recently saw a TikTok, which has now been taken down, about how you can buy, I thought it was potassium but I'm not honestly sure if that's what it was. You can buy it over the counter and you can inject someone with it and the coroner won't be able to tell because for some reason it like absorbs into their body and it won't show up as abnormal whenever they run the tests, but it will kill what them. What the fuck? Yeah. I was like, cool. This is good information hey, I, for TikTok. Yeah,
1: why is that on a TikTok?
0: I, I'm not sure. Well, I'm glad that's taken down. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, also, that's just because I'm on like the true true crime side of TikTok. Franklin, <laughs> why is the, why is this my life right now? They're on one. They're throwing a fucking party mm-hmm. out there. That's what's happening. At least he's not howling yet. Ew. He howls when he's alone. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like there are things, and I talk about it later because another another coroner says that. Um, But there are things that they could have injected him with that would have killed him and would not have shown up on the Mm -hmm. autopsy. So that's a possibility. um, Right. So on January 14th, 1949, at the Adelaide Railway Station, a brown suitcase with no label was found. It had been checked into the station cloakroom after 11 a.m. on November 30th, 1948. They believed that the suitcase belonged to the man on the beach. In the case were just typical like clothing items like there was a like a pajama shirt um slippers, underwear uh shaving stuff, just like typical shit there was uh an electrician's screwdriver, a table knife that was cut down into a short sh- short sharp instrument, a pair of scissors with sharpened points a small square of zinc that was thought to have been used as a protective sheath for the knife and scissors, a stenciling brush. And the stenciling brush was used by like, uh, officers on merchant ships to stencil cargo. So just weird shit beyond his Uh clothes. Um, in the suitcase, there was a thread card of Barbour brand orange waxed thread of an unusual type that was not available in Australia. It was the same that was actually used to repair the lining of the pocket of the pants that the dead man was wearing. So they were able to like tie those two things oh. together. Um, all identification marks on the clothing had been removed, but police found the name T. Keen on a tie, uh, Keen on a laundry bag, and Keen without the E on the end on a singlet, along with three dry cleaning marks. Police believe that whoever removed the clothing tags either overlooked these three items or purposely left the Keen tags on the clothes, knowing that Keen was not the dead man's name. Huh. Um, and this is kind of a theory about why wartime rationing was still enforced and clothing was difficult to get at the time. Um, so it was actually a common practice to use name tags, but it was also common when buying those secondhand clothing things to remove the tags of the previous owners. So um, you know that could explain why there were no, no tags like he had bought everything secondhand and ripped the tags off
1: mm, okay
0: um what was unusual that they pointed out there was no socks in the case
1: that's like how my the one that I did she had no pants
0: <laughs> yeah yep like i i i didn't list all the stuff that like besides the weird shit like his clothes because i just didn't care um but like the socks thing is weird yeah. And there was no letters, um, even though the police found uh pencils and unused stationery. Interesting. Um, they checked into that name, T T Keen, uh, to check like if there was anyone missing by that name in any English speaking country. Um, and then they actually circulated the dry cleaning tags uh across the country to see if that would prove anything. Um, and nothing came oh. of it. All that they found from the suitcase was that the front gusset and feather stitching on a coat found in the suitcase indicated it had been manufactured in the U.S. Um, and that the co- coat hadn't been imported, so the man had been to the United States or had bought the coat from someone of similar size who had been in the United States. Okay. Um the police checked incoming train records and believed the man had arrived at the Adelaide Railway Station by overnight train from either Melbourne or Sydney or Port Augusta. They speculated he had showered and shaved at the adjacent city baths. Uh, there was no bath ticket on his body, um, but that was before he returned to the train station to purchase a ticket for the 1050 train to Henley Beach, which for whatever reason he missed Um, and then he immediately checked his suitcase at the station cloakroom before leaving the station and catching a city bus to the town, um, where Somerton beach is. Uh, they did an inquest into the man's death and it was conducted by the coroner, Thomas, uh, Thomas Erskine Cleland. So a different, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. John Burton Cleland was the pathologist. So that's why that was very confusing because they had the same last name. Um, So uh, it was adjourned until the 17th of June in 1949. So I didn't know what an inquest was and I had to look that up. Um an inquest is a judicial inquiry in common law jurisdictions particularly one held to determine the cause of a person's death oh. conducted by a judge jury or government official an inquest may or may not require an autopsy carried out by a coroner or medical examiner generally inquests are conducted only when deaths are sudden or unexplained mm-hmm. Uh so Cleveland was an investigating pathologist. He re examined the body and made a number of discoveries. He noted that the man's shoes were remarkably clean and appeared to have been recently polished. Uh, rather than in the condition expected of a man who had apparently been wandering around the city all day. He added that this evidence fit in with the theory that the body may have been brought to Somerton park beach after the man's death, accounting for the lack of evidence of vomiting and convulsions, which are the two main uh, physiological reactions to being poisoned. Mm -hmm. So there was no puke around him, nothing. Um, He speculated that as none of the witnesses could positively identify the man they saw the previous night as being the same person who they discovered the next morning, there remained a possibility that the man had died elsewhere and had been dumped. He stressed that this was purely speculation as all the witnesses truly believed that it was definitely the same person um, because the body, I guess, was in a very distinctive position. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also found there was no evidence as to who the deceased was as we're you know, that's the theme of this. (laughs) Um, Cedric Stanton Hicks is a professor of physiology and pharmacology at the university of Adelaide. He, he was, um, he testified that a group of drug variants, drugs, variants of a drug in a group he called number one. And in particular, number two were extremely toxic in a relatively small oral dose that would be extremely difficult, if not impossible to identify even if it had been suspected in the first instance. He actually wrote down the names of these drugs on a piece of paper uh, and entered that into uh, the investigation as Exhibit C-18. The names were not released until the public until the 1980s because they were quite easily procurable by the ordinary individual. (laughs) So they didn't want to tell people like, oh, you can go and kill people with this shit. (laughs) <laughs> um the drugs were publicly later identified as digitalis in Wobane. I don't know how that one's pronounced. Um they're uh I don't know how any of this magical medical shit is, but anyway, it'll kill you. Well
1: digitalis um, is a yeah, it's a flower.
0: I wonder if uh it's also called foxgloves. gloves. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, The other one, I said it totally wrong. What, wom, wombin? Um, <laughs> wh- O-U-A-B-A-I-N. I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of that. Uh, it's a plant-derived toxic substance that was traditionally used as an arrow poison in eastern Africa for both hunting and warfare.
1: Ooh, it's it says it's used as a very rapid cardiac stimulant so it like makes your heart fucking beat beat out of your body yep so that would make sense
0: um both of them actually do that i guess is what this says a good way to go nope so um the only evidence you know that wasn't found was vomiting um and he stated that the absence of vomiting doesn't mean that, you know, it didn't happen that yeah, way. Just, that's what I was
1: just thinking like, just cause they didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't occur.
0: Yeah. And even if they had given a, him a massive dose, he said that seven hours later it wouldn't be detectable. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and he also said that the movement that those witnesses saw where he like lifted his arm up could have been the last convulsion before well, he that's died. What
1: I was thinking, I was like, if he died like not that long after that arm, like after he stuck his arm up, like
0: how how is
1: that explained? It's just,
0: yeah, yep, it doesn't. It really that makes more sense to me. Like it was a convulsion, yeah, or uh, in my mind, it was like he was reaching like he was for help, help. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Too. So, um. So earlier in the, early in the inquiry, Cleland stated, I would be prepared to find that he died from poison, that the poison was probably a glucoside and that it was not accidentally administered, but I cannot say whether it was administered by the deceased himself or by some other person. Despite these findings, he could not determine the cause of death of the unidentified man um and then he also remarked that if the body had been carried to the final resting place then all of the difficulties would disappear so all of the things like around him that would make him think it was definitely poison would Mm -hmm. be gone um so after the inquest a plaster cast was made of the man's head and shoulders so there's a plaster cast of him just rolling around why out there i guess that was what they did like I mean they took a picture of him, like there's literally a photo of this gentleman, but I guess it was just what they did for like um unsolved okay. deaths. Uh better than uh the horrible ones that we saw. <laughs> Ew. So well,
1: what was that yeah. for? Uh
0: the DNA Doe project, which is gonna come up in this as well. Oh dear. Yeah. So we have a we have a, a nice little tie t- I'm done. <laughs>
1: Your dogs are like nah. They're usually not this bad. Is it a full moon? Oh, they're not. They like are never like this. They they bark maybe. They're like wow an hour. They bark like once maybe, and then
0: they then they stop. No, I think it's just because I'm in here and they think they're alone, so they can go hog wild. There's your cat too. They can all go together. Uh, this is the fucking animal farm mm-hmm. episode oh, okay so around the same time as the inquest a tiny piece of rolled up paper with the words temam shud printed on it was found in a fob pocket that was sewn within his trouser pocket Ooh, so it was like a little fake pocket i mean um so i'll go into that in a second Public library officials called in to translate the text, identified it as a phrase meaning ended or finished. Oh, shit. That's twisted. Yep. And it was found on the last page of the I'm-gonna-fuck-this-up, Rubaiyat Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. (laughs) What? Don't ask. I don't fucking know. It's a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The paper's other side was blank there was nothing written on the other side Ooh,
1: that's eerie as
0: fuck mm-hmm. but it was clearly ripped out of that book okay um police conducted an australian wide search to find a copy of the book that had a similarly blank uh verse side um and a photograph of scrap paper was released to the press um following a public appeal by police the copy of the rubble mm-hmm. yeah rubiaf whatever from which the page had been torn was located a man showed police a 1941 edition of edward fitzgerald's translation of the rubyat published by whitcomb and tombs in christchurch new zealand does it say Um, like what
1: the subject matter of this book is
0: yes yeah um so here's the other thing that i read about this and i didn't include it because i was just like eh, whatever but apparently somebody threw that book into the back of a car the one that they found what what do you mean um like so the page was ripped out and they tossed it into the back seat of a car that had an open window who did whoever ripped that page out and put it in his pocket okay they don't know so like this dude could have ripped out that page and just was like fuck it and tossed the book in somebody else's car but they found the book in the back seat of somebody else's car. Oh. Like nobody that was not connected to the God. case. Like it was like, they're trying to get rid of evidence. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> uh, I'm not even going <laughs> to. It's fine. <laughs> um, that's kind of why I didn't put it in, but it also kind of seems important to like the no, spy aspect of, of it. Like, how did it get there? Yeah. So, um, he uh used pseudonym, like the guy who did like the investigation used pseudonyms for the people um because he didn't want to like have anybody come at them for their public statements so he called the guy who found the book uh Ronald Francis and he's never actually been identified um Francis actually didn't think the book was con- connected to the case until he saw an article about the book you know he had no idea he just was like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. book so, uh, the theme of the Rubiat is that one should live life to the fullest and have no regrets when it ends. Uh. The poem's subject led police to theorize that the man had killed himself by suicide by poison, although there was no other evidence to back the theory. The book was missing the words Timam should on the last page, which had a blank reverse page. Um, and microscopic tests indicated that the piece of paper was from the page torn from the book. Um also in the back of the book were faint indentations that had five lines of text in capital letters. Uh the second line was struck out. Um and it people think that it's like um what are those things? A cipher?
1: Uh-huh. Oh like a and, like a like a code.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. So people have been trying to crack this cipher for <laughs> wow. years and there's like a whole, whole big page about it and they can't crack the cipher. Um, a telephone number was actually found in the back of the book as well. And it belonged to a nurse named Jessica Ellen or Joe Thompson. Um, she was born Jessie Harkness in the Sydney suburb of Merrickville, New South Wales. And she lived on Mosley street in The town that that beach is called is called Glenelg, I don't know, Australia, help me out. Uh, I can't Um, can't help you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that street is about 400, of course they use meters, but 1,300 feet north of the location where the body was found. So not that Mm -hmm. far where her house is. Um, When she was interviewed by police, she said she did not know the man or why he would have her phone number and choose to visit her suburb on the night of his death. However, she reported that at some time in late 1948, an unidentified man had attempted to visit her and asked a next door neighbor about her. In his book on the case... Uh, Gary Felts stated that when he interviewed Thompson in 2002, he found that she was either being evasive or she just did not wish to talk about it. So she she was shady mm-hmm. about it. Um, he believed that Thompson knew the Somerton man's identi- identity. Um, and then her daughter later in life actually said she believed her mother knew the dead man too. I wonder. Huh, oh, that's interesting. I have a theory. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm going to go to the theory at the end because I kind of get into it now. So uh, in 1949, Jessica Thompson requested that police not keep a permanent record of her name or release her details to third parties as it would be embarrassing and harmful to her reputation to be linked to such a case. The police agreed, a decision that uh, later hampered the investigations. Um, And then Thompson was actually referred to by other pseudonyms, uh, including the nickname Jestin, J E S T Y N names like Teresa Johnson, like all these women, it was her, like all these fake names they gave, it was her. Um, so her family didn't know of her connection to the case. And this guy looked into that. Um, and he agreed not to disclose her identity or anything that might reveal it. Um, and the Thompson's real name is important because it could be part of the decryption key, for that cipher interesting um she was shown the plaster cast of the dead man and she said she couldn't identify the person but the gentleman who showed her the cast described her reaction upon seeing it as completely taken aback to the point of giving the appearance that she was about to faint so she knew him
1: okay yeah all all signs are pointing
0: that she did know him Yes. Um, In an interview many years later, uh, the technician who made the cast uh, actually was present whenever she viewed it. And he noted that after looking at the bust, she immediately looked away and would not look at it again. So pretty strong reaction for not knowing someone. It's not like you were looking at the dead body. You're looking at a plastered bust. Mm -hmm. You know? So. Um, Thompson said that while she was working at Royal North Shore Hospital in Sydney during World War II, she had owned a copy of the Ruby app. In 1945, at the Clifton Gardens Hotel in Sydney, she had given it to an Australian Army lieutenant named Alf Boxall, who was serving at the time in the Walter Transport section of the Royal Australian Engineers. Thompson told police that after the war ended, she had moved to Melbourne and gotten married. Uh, and she said that she had received a letter from Boxall and she replied telling him that she was married. Um, and, uh, there's actually like weird evidence that shows that she was in the process. uh, Like she wasn't actually married yet. Whenever she wrote that back, um, she, her, her husband was actually trying to divorce his first wife (laughs) when that happened. Um, and that, uh. There's um, no evidence that Boxall had any contact with Jessica Thompson after 1945. Um, As a result of their conversations with Thompson, police suspected that Boxall was the dead man. However, in July of 1949, Boxall was found in Sydney, and the final page of the copy of the Rubiat was intact in the book that he had. So it wasn't wasn't from from, his book. Okay. Nope. And he was alive. So... He was working um, maintenance at a bus depot, and he had no idea about the dead man or a link between him he's and the dead like, man. Guys, I don't know. Like- <laughs> yeah, he's like, I-, I, don't know. I met this chick, and all this shit I'm happened. I don't know what to, do my to tell job you about the bus depot. Right, like just, just let me live. Um. So there has been, because the Cold War was going on, and they had just ended World War II, and you know all that stuff. Journalists really thought that the Somerton man was a murdered spy, and he was either American or mm-hmm. Russian. Um, so there's but been then really why, persistent. Why did they think he was British? No, no, that- I think that it, it, there's just so much back and forth. That was journalists who said about the spy thing. That wasn't like the police who or the coroner who called him a britisher okay <laughs> so you know that that might have also just been like you got to think back then they were probably trying to hype this up you know like oh the spy was dead you know although so, there are a lot but I mean, there are a few parallels yeah. to the story that i gave oh absolutely absolutely um and there were actually two sites that were close to adelaide that were of interest to spies so the radium radium hill uranium mine in the Woomera Test Range, which was like an Australian military research facility. So it's possible that he was a spy because of those things uh, mm-hmm. nearby. Another theory is about Alf Boxell, who was reportedly involved in intelligent work during and immediately after World War II. In a 1978 television interview, Stuart Littlemore asked Mr. Boxall... You had been working, hadn't you, in an intelligence, intelligence unit before you met this young woman, Jessica. Did you talk to her about that at all? In reply, Boxwell says no. And when asked if Harkness could have known, Boxwell replies, not unless somebody else told her. So it's almost like um, he was almost hinting to like, yeah, there was a spy. Like there was mm-hmm. somebody else. But again, that was in 78 and he was probably just trying to make money and, you know, whatever. Um, The guy was buried, the unknown man was buried in 1949. Um, They actually paid, the South Australian Grandstand Bookmakers Association paid for his service so he didn't have a pauper's burial. Hmm. Um, Years after the burial, flowers began appearing on the grave. Police questioned a woman seen leaving the cemetery, but she claimed she knew nothing of the man. Um, About the same time, Ina Harvey, the receptionist from the Strathmore Hotel opposite uh, Adelaide Railway Station, revealed that a strange man had stayed in room 21 or 23 for a few days around the time of the death, checking out on November 30th, 1948. She recalled that he was English-speaking and only carrying a small black case, not unlike one a musician or a doctor might carry. When an employee looked inside the case, he told Harvey he had found an object inside the case he described as looking like a needle. And so there's another spy theory. Looking like a a what? A needle? It looked like a needle. He's like, he said it looked like a needle. Okay. But he also just like glanced inside the case. It's not like he was like digging around in it. So that could have been whoever killed him. Um,. And there have been like a ton of people who are like, I know who this guy is. I know who this guy is. Over the years, like there's lists of names of people like that were positive identifications of who this guy is, and none but of them are well, right. Now it's
1: been so long, like. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Um. There have been numerous unsuccessful attempts in the seventy years since its discovery to crack the letters found at the end of the mm-hmm. book. Um. Somebody suggested that the final line could stand for the initials of "It's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street." Oh, come on! Because it's I T T M T S A M S T G A B. I find
1: that far fetched.
0: What's funny is that Jessica Thompson lived on Mosley Street, so I think that's why they're trying to pull oh, that together. Just like, yeah, they're trying to
1: make that theory work.
0: Um. A 2014 analysis of computational by computational linguist John Rayling strongly supports the theory that the letters consist of the initials of some English text, um, but finds no match for these in a large survey of literature and concludes that the letters were likely written as a form of shorthand, not as a code, and that the original text can likely never be determined. So it really could be a thing like, it's time to move to South Australia, like shorthand, but nobody's going to know what it actually Mm -hmm. is.
1: Yeah, I mean um, I don't know. To me that that like that it sounds like it's um a, a message about the death. Like it sounds like it's a metaphor of some kind. I don't know. That's what it sounds right. like to me. Uh,
0: and and what we're never gonna know. People have been working on this cipher for years to see if they can figure anything out and they can't. So um it just makes me think though, like how many times have you jotted something down or like just written down like letters so you'd remember something? What if somebody found that? You know what I mean? Years later. Shit. I'm like, no, that's just like literally my shopping list. It right. Nothing. Like no, I just I just was reminding myself about a doctor's appointment. Like,
1: no I'm big not deal. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So here is where our old pal Colleen Fitzpatrick comes in. Oh yeah. What's- Yeah, so she's been in several cases that we've done. She has. Um, She runs that Identifinders and helps with the DNA Doe Project. Mm -hmm. Um, So a forensic scientist in California discovered a genetic link that pinpoints the man's origins to the U.S. East Coast. um, And is working with Colleen Fitzpatrick about it. (laughs) This is where shit gets weird, and I think it's weird. Ugh, okay. In 2011, students from Australia's University of Adelaide found the letters matched patterns of the first letters of words in typical English sentences, but it didn't explain anything about the connection to Somerton man. And this is where Derek Abin, Abbott comes in. I mean, um, so Derek Abbott is a biomedical engineer at the university who studied the mystery for seven years. And he actually led that student team, um, he wants to uh you know, dig him back up. Exhume. I was like, what's the fucking <laughs> word? Exhume the body. <laughs> dig him back up. You know what I meant. And that's um, like a shit ton of money. He wants to exhume the body. Yeah. Yeah. And um South Australia's attorney general has denied that request twice, um, arguing that it probably wasn't a criminal case, but just a matter of curiosity. Um so then he went a different Avenue and turned back to the copy of the Ruby app that had been found in that car and that phone number and connected it to, uh, Jessica, Joe Thompson. Um, and that, you know, he, he remembered that she remained coy about the man's Mm -hmm. identity. So he started asking her family about the case because she had passed away in 2007. She had a son named Robin and he was born in 1946 who had two distinctive facial features, an oddly shaped ear and two missing incisors that left his canine teeth parked right next to his two front teeth. Abbott learned that those features were shared by the Summerton man. Uh, Robin was also a dancer in the Australian ballet because he was blessed with strong calves. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yep. All of those things. You know, kind of giving us an idea. Um, They need to exhume the body and take DNA. But the problem is that Robin died. God damn
1: you, Robin. In
0: 2009. And he was survived by his ex-wife, Roma Egan, and a daughter, Rachel. So Abbott wrote a letter to Roma asking if she knew anyone who resembled the Somerton man. Yes, she replied. Her ex-husband. Shit. Abbott went to see her and was just convinced of the genetic link. Um, and then that, that's how he got in touch with Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it just gets weirder. Um, so if Rachel is the granddaughter of the Somerton man, she has about 25% of his mm-hmm. DNA. Um, and so Abbott actually went to like meet Rachel. Uh, she like she went and got him from the airport and they spent a few days together and they looked at pictures and shared information. But by the end of the weekend, Derek had proposed to Rachel. What? He fell in love with her in a few days time. (laughs) And now they're married and have several children. What? Yep. So, Mm -hmm. uh... um, did he look into it? <laughs> yeah, there's more. Um but I was just blown away by the fact that they're That's married insane. and like there's there's other articles about like did she did he marry her for her DNA, like all this like weird shit. Like it's very odd to me that he proposed to her after knowing her for a that couple is, of days, like the end of a weekend. Is,
1: yeah, that is fucking bananas.
0: But I guess they're happy and they have children, so like, cool. I, I don't mean to knock it. Like, if y'all are really in love, that's amazing, and I'm happy. But like at the same time, it just everyone around them has said their engagement was super odd. Yeah, but like, I <laughs> I feel like you don't. He wouldn't have to do that to get her DNA. Like, no, and that and that's like. So the detective that's been working on this now, okay, because um, they're they're still working on it. Um, He said that it seemed very, very odd, and he couldn't believe and thought, what the hell is going on here? Has this guy married this girl just to try and pursue his DNA subject? That doesn't make sense. I mean, what better way to lock that in, though? But you don't have to be, like,
1: weird or deceitful. Just say, I'm trying to solve this crime. Can you submit your DNA? Like, I don't understand why that would even be a... Yeah. That's very
0: strange. It, it is really odd, and I don't know, but the whole thing is fucking odd, right?
1: It, yeah, it is. Like, I just don't understand that theory, though.
0: I mean, he'll always have access to the Somerton man's DNA. Like, him and her could have had a falling out, and she could have told him, fuck you, I'm not giving you this DNA, and, and now he has kids with her, so he has that DNA constantly accessible to him.
1: I guess that seems very out there. I, I mean, I do, I do think it's crazy that they spent a weekend together and then he proposes. That's very odd.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but at the same time, I'm saying that could be what's but happening. I you, you don't theory. know. Why
1: can't you just take a sample of her
0: DNA and, like,
1: a DNA can be preserved for a while.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, we don't also know how everything went down. That, yeah. So, you know, he could have been worried that she was gonna say no. Um, and now he's locked down little crib midgets that can always give him the DNA. I find
1: that very, I find that very far-fetched, but it could.
0: Yeah. Still, everyone around them said it was really fucking weird. it's very weird. It
1: almost just seems like it's like a, like, an obsession like they romant it's like a romanticizing of this like case they're trying to solve so he gets like heart eyes
0: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know but they have 3 kids so um good for them not saying that's what's happening but a lot of people have thought that so and there's even like articles i think she was interviewed and like was like did this man uh marry me for my dna <laughs> wow so yeah um so they, uh, they keep, they kept like, you know, petitioning to exhume his body. Um, and there were some hairs that were actually at the base of the bust. Um, but it wasn't enough like DNA, I guess, cause there was only like a couple hairs. Okay.
1: Um,
0: but as of October, 2020, they finally have permission to exhume his body as long as it is privately funded. okay So there's progress. um. It has not been funded yet, and I'm sure COVID put a fucking wrench in a oh, lot of yeah, shit. yeah, it's
1: probably so expensive.
0: But there is hope that we might be able to at least get some kind of connection for the Somerton man. I don't think it's going to help us identify him, because the people who can identify him are dead, and Rachel would be his granddaughter.
1: But it would at least, like, officially connect him and the, yes. that uh, Thompson
0: that woman. Yeah, exactly. And then we'd know that she was lying. Yeah, and then you could so of, my kind of theory it's like uh uh-huh. my theory is that she met him somehow. I don't know how. And got knocked up and then met that other dude, right? Like they weren't together. It was probably some kind of like forbidden love mm-hmm. thing, whatever. Then she's with her husband and has that kid Um, and then he was coming back to, like, either see his kid. Or get her back or something. Or get her back. Um, especially because her home was so close to where he was found. So, I think that it is entirely possible that he died by suicide. Uh, because he was probably so upset that, like, he wasn't involved in his kid's life or something like that, you know what I mean? Um.
1: I, I don't know, because it was, like, it was in the, um... I'm sorry thirties or forties
0: forties late forties, okay,
1: but it I find poisoning as a suicide to be very weird, like if you're going to complete suicide, poisoning, I feel like is a strange method.
0: well, it's no different than taking a bunch of pills, maybe a quicker way. I mean essentially, that's what you're doing when you take a bunch of pills, right. But- that would be detectable. Right, but I'm just saying maybe like maybe he he was told, you know, that information about like this will be a quicker death. And obviously it wasn't. That failed miserably. Um or maybe she killed him. Well, maybe she did it because she didn't want anybody to know. That's what I think happened. Or her husband.
1: I think I I think it could have been her and she didn't or it could have been the husband but i think it could have been her because she didn't want to um she didn't want the husband to find out that the kid wasn't hers or his i'm sorry like he, the kid wasn't his uh and just didn't want her life to fall apart over this like one night stand
0: yeah yeah which is entirely possible Be- the whole thing is just it? i mean that's
1: a very female way to kill someone
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just feel like
1: if you're going to poison yourself, like, yeah, I guess like overdose or something with pills. Like, I, I think it would be hard to get your hands on something that wouldn't be detectable. Like, that would be too hard to get your hands on with usually like suicide is a very impulsive decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, and unless the only way I can think of is if he actually had those medications for something else.
1: But are are those, so, I wonder if those are, are they medications for like ailments or are they specifically like you're using that to poison? So they someone?
0: could, they could be used for, they were used for um, medical treatments as well. Huh. Like you I could think, literally walk into a pharmacy and get them over the counter. I think, I think she did it.
1: That's my theory.
0: Probably. I mean, I can definitely see that. I can also see him being distressed. The poisoning is not the route I would think of. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. The whole thing is fucked. We're never going to know because she's dead now. But if we can at least tie him to someone.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that you will know, be very telling. Um,
0: I, I The good news is well, if they pull that DNA though and they run it through other genealogy sites, they might be able to find like brothers, you like know, like yeah, descendants of, bro- you know, of brothers and cousins and mm-hmm. whatever so That's very
1: interesting So yeah uh, my money i don't know my money's just on the the lady i don't think he was a spy no i don't think so either but it had very similar qualities to your oh yeah it your definitely case. did it was very
0: interesting so yeah that was the uh the somerton man hopefully we'll have an update that soon be, yeah that would be cool i hope we do I think they just need to get it funded. So I'll go out there with some shovels right now. Fly me over.
1: I'll pitch in $10.
0: (laughs) I'll pitch in my hard
1: work to dig that up. I want to, I want to like, just see if like how much that is. How much is it to exhume a body? (laughs) Oh, it's not as much as I thought it would be. Probably a couple thousand
0: dollars. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I expected a lot more for some reason. Like I thought that would be like ten grand.
0: But still, I mean, that's a lot of money for someone to come up with. But then it's you know. also
1: like then you gotta um pay for like DNA testing. Like there's a lot more to it too than just exhuming. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean that's interesting though. I think yeah, I think Jesse Joe done it.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. I do as well. So yeah, that's my story. Well, that was good. Yeah, a lot of... about that. I don't know if they ever they have. Should. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well.
1: Anything for padded room? Uh, well, I just I my f- so Lauren just texted me something really sad.
0: <laughs> oh no. Um.
1: Do you know? On My Favorite Murder, George's cat, Elvis. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no! He's not gonna be able to meow at the end of episodes. Oh, no. Isn't that sad? I'm really sad. I know! (laughs) I mean, the nice thing is, it looks like he was, like, 16 years old.
0: Yeah, But But that's so shitty. I loved his... They're never old enough. <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, well, not that they listen to our podcast, but I'm real sorry, George. I,
1: I just like saw that. And I was like, oh, that's a fucking bummer.
0: Oh.
1: Send good vibes up to kitty heaven. I'm like actually tearing up. I feel really no, bad. sad as fuck. I loved his little Elvis. You want a cookie? And he'd be like. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Major bummer. I'm sorry. Well, that was a major yeah. kill.
0: No, it's okay. It's not like we were really riding on a high anyway. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) But yeah, that's really sad. (laughs) (sighs) Hmm. I mean, I'm glad he had a nice, happy, long life, but it's never long enough. Uh,
1: Her husband, Vince, posted something really cute. He said... Wait, I gotta read the caption of what he said, because it was really adorable. This must be some kind of like, inside joke. He said, lost a real close friend today, a legendary soul, Rest easy. I'll hear you when you see me. <laughs> what does that mean? But it's so adorable.
0: Yeah, it's his meow.
1: I know, right, yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. Oh well, oh, that's a
1: bummer. Oh, no. Sorry it was such a downer, but
0: Thanks for the sad information, Lauren. <laughs> right yeah tell her she
1: texted me right in the middle of this podcast and it was like Ugh. i had texted her before and uh when we started this i didn't answer and she just goes also elvis died I'm like fuck
0: <laughs> thanks for making me cry my own tears it's not fair it. <laughs> Uh um i don't i don't know yeah oh i have good news i have good okay. news it's a counterpoint to Elvis passing away. Oh, good. Google Someone, uh, was it... Google had her appointment oh, yeah, today. Yeah, how'd it go? Um, and well, sorry, were you saying something before I said Google had oh, her I'm appointment? And I cut say, you like, off. Was a cat born today? Oh no, I'm sure <laughs> oh, somewhere. Um, Google had her appointment today. Uh, she had it with her regular radiologist, and it does not look like her cancer is spreading, like the other doctor thought. Good. Um, everything looks stable. So they're going to keep her on her medication, um, which is still crazy expensive, but not as expensive as the other treatments were going to be. So, um, everything is looking okay. Um, and hopefully she will be here for a long while on this medication. Oh, that's Um, good. So it was good news. I was happy. She, the doctor said she looks great and she is doing very well. Well, one-eyed Google. Yep, my one-eyed wonder. Um, Also, my stray cat. Oh yeah, (laughs) uh, is not a stray cat. Um, She's just a swindler, wanderer. She she scammed me. She full on scammed me. Oh, this bitch is gonna pity Um, me and give me food in a little house. Yep. Because now, whenever I come outside and I see her, she's like, "Oh hi!" Like she runs up to me, all excited, and tries to get in the house. I'm like, "No, no, no, ma'am." And you know how I found out she's not stray. How
1: did you find that out? (laughs)
0: She has a fucking collar on now.
1: Oh. <laughs> no, that's a. She found that in a ditch.
0: <laughs> yeah, she put that she on. Did. That's all. It was her festive holiday yeah. collar. No, it's like um, a flea collar of some oh, kind. Really? So she's um, fine. so she's probably yeah. And she was not at my house at all when we had all that snow. So they kept her inside, probably much to her anger. So uh, to my neighbor who has an extremely fat cat now, because I keep feeding it, and you're wondering why it's getting fat. It's because. I keep feeding it and I'm very well, sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not sorry. Don't fucking let your cats out.
0: Yeah, I hate I that. Do I too. hate when cats are outdoor. I gotta outdoor. be
1: honest.
0: It's, it's also really bad for the bird population.
1: Oh, yeah. They, um, they, yeah, they're like, oh, fuck yeah,
0: buffet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cats are like really, really fucking up the bird population. So um, please, please leave your cats inside. And if you take them out, I know they hate it. Put them on a leash. Like, don't let them run around and just be assholes, because um, they are. We all know this. Um, But, yeah, so it's not a stray. The kitten has not come back yet, oh. though. If I find that one, I'm scooping it up. <laughs> you have to. Neighbor or not, don't let the kitten roam. It's a baby. A baby. Um, and it was, like, an orange kitty, too. No! Those are my so, favorite. I know. So, but the kitten has not been back, and I'm very sad about that. Oh, I'm gonna um, just say it had a home. I hope so. I hope that's the case. Um so yeah, that's that's my um my uh padded room. Also Emily Hampshire who plays uh Stevie on Shit's mm-hmm. Creek. Oh
1: yes, that's um, awesome.
0: <laughs> she joined TikTok and I commented on one of her first videos about um her little diaries. I thought they needed like human names. And she replied back to my comment in a perfectly sarcastic way. And I was very happy.
1: Yeah, that was, I <laughs> would have been, I would have been lit.
0: Yeah, I was very, very excited. Like I texted Joey. He was like, I bet you're fucking excited. And I was like, yeah, the fuck I am right oh, now. Wow. Like, holy shit. So, um, my, my, her reply to my comment was her second video ever. So I'm just going to take that and own it.
1: We should maybe, can we post so. that? like we should what the her reply video can we like repost it
0: yeah mm -hmm. we absolutely can speaking of the tick of chalks um we now have one and and i posted posted, something to it yep i have uh five stories ready to post um so becky needs to get on making some and because you don't all just want to see my face over and over and over again um I do. Are you now going, motherfucker, now I have to download TikTok? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, but we have it now. Uh, Interact with us. It's literally Chardonnay and DNA. Um, And for now, we're just going over stories that we've already covered. Um, But hopefully we'll be able to give you little previews into what we're going to cover um, and do some fun, goofy videos for you. Yay! Um, That leads us to the social medias.
1: Uh, yes, we are on Facebook at Chardonnay and Persand DNA, uh, the ooh, irrelevant ooh. Twitter, Chardonnay DNA, Instagram, Chardonnay and DNA. Our Gmail is Chardonnay and DNA at gmail.com, website, Chardonnay and We have a Patreon. We need your support, please. And did I miss any?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nope, that's it. Sorry, I-, I meant to say please, but my brain literally did, like, window shutdown noise, and I was like, what am I supposed to be saying right now? <laughs> that's pretty much... <laughs> I'm just, I was just staring at my computer after you said that, like, I'm supposed to verbalize something <laughs> and nothing's coming out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, please join the Patreon or buy t-shirts, whatever. Um, help us out. Um, yeah, uh, I, guess I guess that's, that's it. it. All right. Yes. Lick Bye. rust.
1: Bye. Bye.